0: Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Crops. And good morning, everybody. Great
1: to be with you. It's Thursday, and that means it's the day before Friday. Friday, of course, of well, this radio show, Political Coffee. That's the name of the show, folks. Fridays are really special. Because we give you the opportunity to call and talk about whatever you want to talk about politically. It doesn't have to be anything that's on my plate on Fridays. It's what you want to talk about. So get ready for that. If you're just if today, what do we have? A are we loaded today or what? Yep, we are. But if today's stuff just doesn't fit you in terms of you're not hearing what you wanted to hear, that's okay. Tomorrow will be your day To talk about it And it's really easy All you do Is just pick up the phone And dial 503-589-1220 That is PowerBuke James GMC Talk Line 503-589-1220 Emails To Jeff at 1220 Dot AM Or Jeff at KSLM News. All right. Did anybody watch the uh, Keebler Elves, as Steve Bannon calls them, you know, the uh, Republican debate last night minus Trump? Did anybody watch it? Do you care? Did anybody break out in your mind? Now, there's a headline on the Liberty Daily. The second Fox debate, this is the headline, marred by Univision moderators, anti-American hate and lies. Did anybody watch that? I mean, I didn't. I friends. I was busy trying to farm and plant grass seed, and working on a tractor and all that stuff. So I didn't watch it and I wasn't interested. But I, you know, I just wonder, did anybody get that impression? If any of you did, would love to hear it. Also today at the bottom of the hour, I gotta let you know right now, we have a special treat, former colleague of mine, a Democrat, all around good guy, funny guy, former, KGW broad, sports broadcaster and former state senator, Rick Metzger, is going to join us. Amanda and I talked with him a little bit yesterday. He's with PacWest Lobby. They had an event yesterday at the local government center, just right next to the Capitol on Court Street. That was in association with the Oregon Manufactured Housing Association, and they had these great manufactured homes set up in the parking lot. There it was a little bit crowded driving in there, but... It was it was a good event. We had uh, Danielle Bethel, who's a Marion County Commissioner, was there. Uh, unfortunately, we missed talking with her. We did have Salem City Councilwoman Julie Hoy, who showed up. We had her on the air, and we had the new Republican leader of the House in Oregon join us, also, and we're going to have him on the air. This is. Representative Jeff Helfrich. He's a former, it was 25 years with the Portland Police Bureau. So he knows a little bit about, you know, herding cats, which is what he and I joked a little bit about, because that's what you get in politics. So anyway, it was a great event. I want to thank PacWest Lobby for uh, putting that event on. Glad we were able to be a part of it. I hope you got something out of it. We're going to have further conversations today with retired state senator Rick Metzger today we're kind of kind of going to focus on tolling and the whole issues is around tolling that kind of the kind of the backstory about what's been happening and and kind of where it's all headed I want to pay attention to this It's a big deal we also I need to let you know right now that the political coffee clatch next Tuesday night is gonna be a good one I mean they're all good because we're blessed that you all show up and come and hang out and we just fellowship together as a radio audience along with Oregon People's Vote to keep the pressure on having those important conversations around the integrity of our voting system. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk with Nick Hill. Marion Polk first is going to be joining us. He's going to be talking about the campaign to repeal Salem City income tax, where it's at, how you can be involved. I think you're going to be able to sign up for like having lawn signs, sign up for events. And I can guarantee you that Petunia, the pork detective, is going to be there. Now, it's because I've turned her over to Mark Cosby and other people who uh, just are not quite as crazy busy as I am. In fact, Petunia has been down in southern Oregon. She was in Salem. She was around Salem. There's some pictures that will begin to show up on her Facebook page. She's been down on the south coast. because There was a protest down on the south coast against a wind project, wind power project that the greenies want to install off of you know blue collar coos bay because heaven forbid that they put it off of oh you know somewhere up the northern coast you guys remember that controversy john kitsabra killed managed to kill a wind power project off of I forget where it was, but it's wherever he owns a piece of property that overlooks the ocean on the Oregon coast. He didn't like it, didn't want them wind power project. didn't want them windmills out there. No. But he's a big proponent of it, right? His girlfriend got lots of money for her environmental stuff. you got to be in jail. Now, that's a whole side issue. At any rate they were petunia was down there protesting that because a lot of people down there don't want the wind power projects off the southern oregon coast good for them so petunia is going to be at the political coffee clatch. i asked julie hoy to show up i hope she can get here and i asked her an important question yesterday and this is something that that you for those of you who are deeply involved in this issue of trying to repeal the city of Salem income tax. I asked her if the city of Salem, if anybody yet from the city, you know, like the city manager's office, the chief budget officer, the mayor, the leftist mayor, because that's what Chris Hoy is, folks. He's a lefty. Has anybody refuted her testimony? Remember, She gave just stunning testimony about how the city of Salem has built their reserves, has doubled their reserves in the last 10 years. That seven out of the last 10 years, the city of Salem's had a surplus, including their current budget, which is 2023, folks. According to Julie Hoy's official testimony from city documents, she said the state or the city of Salem is, in fact, on track to have a $9 million surplus again this year because they had one last year. Yep, they're claiming they got to have this new tax, which won't happen till 2024 because the scare list, the scare cut list that the city manager put out said that well they're really not going to go into the red until 2026 but to get ahead of it we better put in place this new idea of we got to start cutting now so that the deficit which happens two years down the road won't hurt us there's the logic in that maybe somebody ought to advise the city manager well you know you've doubled your reserves over the last 10 years why don't you use some if you really have a problem then you need to live within your means number one just like I have to and number two is you need to maybe use some of that reserve money But the most important thing and Julie Hoy said this yesterday she's 100 correct folks government's first and foremost and most important obligation to you and I, and I don't care whether it's city government, county government, state, or the United States of America, folks, their first and most important obligation to us is public safety. Because if you don't have that, just look at downtown Portland. That's what you get. You get Target leaving Portland, closing three of their stores, and The 1% tax of billions, well, not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gross revenue. That 1% tax, it's still in place, but they won't be getting it from Target. Why? Because of the political decisions of leaders. This is why elections are important. This is why we focus on elections. This is why we have to have elections we can have trust and believe in. And then you continue to see the stories and the stuff that comes out about how our election systems are being run. These little black boxes that nobody can look into with computer algorithms that don't seem to work right often. What are they hiding and why won't they let us look at our own data that we own? Because it's ours, folks. Public data is ours and court decisions have established that fact, but yet the Oregon courts, no, 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 no. You can't look inside those machines. You can't discover what those algorithms are really doing. How can you trust that? That's the whole basis of Mark Thielman's lawsuit, folks. He gave us a great um, update on his lawsuit in federal court, because now they're in, they are appealing to the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals, what I call it. This what it is, it's a circus. At any rate, folks, the next political coffee clash is going to focus on the Salem City income tax repeal. Nick Hill of Marion Polk first is going to be there. You need to come and be there. Bring somebody with you. Somebody that you have had conversations with, maybe your neighbor, maybe it's a co-worker. Even if they're not conservative, that's fine. But if they don't like this income tax and they want to learn how they can help repeal it, is why you need to be there. Anyway, Julie Hoy, folks, my whole point in talking about Julie Hoy's testimony because I want to complete this circle before we go to the break here. Friends, I asked her on air yesterday, has the city of Salem been able to rebut your testimony from the city of Salem's documents? And she said, not yet. But they're supposed to have a meeting where they're going to have a conversation about it. (laughs) You know what that meeting is going to be? It's going to be, well, Julie, now, you you probably should just back off a little bit here. You know, you're not interpreting the actual city documents correctly. She made it very clear that she will have, she's not going to do that conversation alone, and she shouldn't. She's going to have with her experienced people, professionals, with experience in auditing and understanding municipal i.e. city budgets with her city of salem uh, has got some splaining to do if you ask me it's 6:20. back in a moment again state senator former state senator that's your democrat joins us at the bottom of the hour better ready to call
0: Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Hey,
1: it's 22 minutes past the top of the hour. It's great to be with you today. Folks, um, my Power Honda is a great, both sponsor of this, this talk line, you know, Power Honda is part of the uh, power Auto Group that sponsors the call in talk line, which is 503 589 1220. That's the power of G- GM Power Buick GMC talk line here at KSLM. My Power Honda is the website of Power Honda, which is down in Albany. It's part of the Power Auto Group. They are a specific sponsor of this radio show, and we're grateful for that. They have today. Go to their website, mypowerhonda.com. You'll see that they have 843 vehicles available. New Hondas and pre-owned certified vehicles of all types, all makes and models, all manufacturers. So go to mypowerhonda.com. Check it out. And when you're there, what you'll see is actually what will happen is a little uh, chat window will pop up and one of the employees of power honda will be available for an online chat if you want to ask questions you don't have to make phone calls you can just say hey i'm interested in say four-wheel drive pickup what do you have that's pre-owned or maybe i'm interested in a brand new honda or maybe i'm interested in a pre-owned honda that's been traded in that's been certified it's really easy to do you can Chat with them about that, or you can give them a call. The sales phone numbers are up there. Service and parts are up there also at the top of MyPowerHonda.com. Check it out. MyPowerHonda.com. We're grateful that they helped sponsor this radio show. Hey, folks, if you don't think that fix isn't in, (laughs) there's a great Gateway Pundit story today. A former congressman, campaign expert, says... Democrats are positioning to replace Joe Biden with Michelle Obama and further weaponize the Department of Justice. Mm. And of course, the bombshell um, saw Jim Comer this morning. House Republicans released Jim Biden's, that's the president's brother, his text message to Hunter a few months before Joe Biden announces he's running for president, in it is very clear that Joe Biden is very involved in all of the Biden family, let's say, interactions with foreign governments. By the way, another Gateway pundit story. This this has been news. Uh, what a what a rebuke to Chuck Schumer. And the Pennsylvania U.S. Senator, it's hard to believe this guy, won election to the U.S. Senate, John Fetterman, you know, the guy that dresses in shorts and a hoodie, that dress code that Chuck Schumer said, well, we're, you know, we're not quite going to, you don't have to dress in a tie, you know, it's okay to put on a hoodie, is the U.S. Senator. The Senate unanimously Voted to restore the dress code. Folks, I'm telling you, there are opportunities. Like you can't believe for people to have their, have the opportunity to rethink their political allegiances. And and these are right here in Oregon, folks. And we'll talk more about that as, as time goes by. We will have on the show, in the future, uh, Representative Jeff Helfrich, who is the now the new Republican leader in the Oregon House. We'll see how he does in bringing together the herd of cats, because that's what you get in politics. It really is herding of cats. By the way, did any of you, I'm just curious, Did any of you watch Donald Trump's speech to the UAW in Michigan? Now, there were some interesting quotes from it. He said, quote, one day I will terminate Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate. He also said Biden's forced transition to electric vehicles is a transition to hell. Now, he said other things, and I got a text from Anne-Marie who was uh, watching it last night. He said, I risk it all for the working class. And he told the president of the UAW, who's not a Trump guy at all. He doesn't like Trump one bit. He told the president of the UAW to endorse him for president over Joe Biden, that he, Donald Trump, would take care of the rest. And what he's referring to is this whole EV mandate, because what's clear to everybody, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a political professional like Senator Rick Metzger, who's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour, retired senator, who now works with PacWest Lobby Group, he's going to talk about a few things, but tolling is kind of the main subject today. You don't have to be somebody who's constantly in that fight to figure out if you're a blue collar person. and I don't care whether you're working at the UAW or you're a framer or a roofer or you just you're a mechanic. Doesn't matter if you're blue collar. The elites that run. The Uniparty, including the Republican Party, don't have your best interests at heart. They're only interested in globalism. They're not interested in America control. first. And America first means that electric media will me not be the focus of the this How do you think that would be achieved by the auto
2: Call Jeff now at five zero
0: three five eight nine twelve twenty. 1220 that's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's
1: 23 minutes before the top of the hour. This segment is brought to you always by Freedom Heating and Air. If your A.C. or your heating system, because, hey, cold weather's coming, folks. If it is not keeping up and you know it, because you're not comfortable at home or in your business, Or in your apartment. Why don't you just call Freedom Heating and Air? They'll come out right away. They're great at emergency services, it's one of the powerful ways that they have built such a great business in the Mid Valley for over 50 years. Call Freedom Heating and Air, 503 580 1456, 580 1456. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. Freedom Heating and Air. Now, joining us is former state senator Rick Metzger, colleague of mine, former TV sports broadcaster. Welcome. How are you, Senator? Hey, I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you? Man, it's a- another beautiful day to be alive. It's still dark at my house. <laughs> hey, I have faith, brother. I'm believing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, for a Democrat, you're okay, I got to admit.
2: And I'd say the uh, same thing about you, Jeff. Yeah. You know, that's why we
1: always got along so well. Yeah, that's right. We did, folks. Uh, you you don't know this, but uh, Senator Metzger has a wicked sense of humor, and <laughs> it was always yeah. in play. I I, I gotta say, uh, it, b- before we dive into tolling, which I, which I re- really do want to get in, I want you to talk about. Your involvement, West's involvement, your company's involvement in the tolling issue behind the scenes, and so forth. Before we do that, I, I just—you were part of a a time in the Oregon legislative process that almost seems like it has come to an end, and, and that's when literally uh, people would work together, you know, most of the time, to to govern and it doesn't seem like that's happening anymore because we're so ideologically divided and I'm very much on the right and the Democrats in control have gone so far to the left do you kinda long to see those days when you and I we had some humor we could laugh at each other because it doesn't seem like they're laughing at each other much these days
2: absolutely Um, and I absolutely agree with you, um, and I've talked to some of the, the new folks in the legislature about that, and uh, uh, you know how important it is to interact with each other. You know, they're we're all people, and at the end of the day, you sit across and have a meal with them at lunch, or after a while, you get to kind of realize you all have the same concerns, and it's just a matter of putting some pencil to paper and figure out. Well, here's a way to solve this. Rather than just being in individual camps and, you know, throwing missiles across uh, to the other one and and not engaging on a personal level. And I think what has really changed, and I know Senator Courtney, who recently, you know, retired as the Senate president, he's publicly commented on this a few times, that it's just the collegiality, you know, which is so important to the institution of the legislature to work together, uh, to take uh, disparate ideas. Which is good, uh, and hammer out something that works for everyone um, is getting more and more difficult to do. And you know, the day that you and I were serving in the legislature, you know, we had that. We would have lunch together in between our sessions. You know, up to the uh, the senator house lounge, and and, you know, talk about your family, and you know, talk about what's happening, uh, you know, in your life or your next fishing trip, and and you start forming a relationship, and most importantly. That relationship, as you know, then builds trust. And trust is the key to being to do anything in the legislature. No one wants to stick their neck out and then, you know, have it cut off. But when you trust the people on the other side of the aisle or the other chamber to deliver, um, and you do the same, uh, you know, reciprocity, then things get done, and you feel a lot better about your service, believe me
0: yeah you
1: do i mean a life is built around trust in in our most intimate relationships with our families um but certainly in in business but also in this world of politics and politics is fraught with uh, people who go back on their word i mean it's really hard to do that in the business world because there's usually some kind of a legal consequence there isn't in politics and the pressures to go back on your word. Now, it's one thing to go back on your word, and it's another thing for new information to come to light that leads you to a different conclusion, because you know as well as I do that sometimes the bureaucrats of the state of Oregon wouldn't always maybe tell you everything going on behind the scenes. And sometimes you would find out new information and you had to change your position on something. That's different than somebody lying to you or just somebody saying, nope, I've changed my mind, but not telling you about it and boom, they blindside you with something.
2: Yeah, right. Absolutely. And there's lasting impacts to that. And, you know, one thing, and I'm sure when, and and, as you talk to people in the legislature and, and I do, and, and others, I can't emphasize enough how important it is not to do that because it, it will have ripple effects that will last for a long time and affect a lot of things. You just, uh you have to realize that that, you know, your word is your bond in that process and uh, it will carry with you if you break it.
1: So let's talk about one of the one of the ways that you as a former state senator who understands this process of how sausages get made, for lack of a better term, you understand it at, at a because you were there for 12 years at a really important level. Talk to us about and this whole business of, of tolling. Remember, I. I Told you that when I mean, I've been polling this for years and was didn't see it coming, surprised to see how uh, much anti-tolling sentiment there was in the Portland metro area. Uh, and tell me, d- describe for us kind of the process of how you guys got involved, kind of what you did behind the scenes, where you think it's gonna go.
2: Yeah, uh, what's an amazing story? Um, uh, the legislature authorized. ODOT to begin tolling in the beginning in the metro area. They authorized that back in 2017. Um, And it was one of those things, as you remember, at the end of a session where you get this 300 page bill. uh, It's still warm to your touch when you get it. Um, And it was like, you know, chapter 183. Uh, I went back, I listened to all, one thing great about this, the Oregon legislative information system. I went back, since I was not here, I was in D.C. at the time in 2017. So I went back and listened and watched video of every committee meeting. Uh, how did this happen? And there was virtually no debate on this issue. It was everything else. You had... Cities, counties, as you know, would come in and say, Oh, this is wonderful. We're getting more money for this. And the bike (laughs) people would come in and say, We're getting more money for bikes. And nobody talked about the tolling thing. There was no mothers for that, right? There was mothers for everything else. And if someone didn't, or someone recognized what it was, didn't like it, wasn't going to say anything about it because they didn't want to kill their little thing. And so it just sailed on through. Um, and then all of a sudden when it became reality, you know, about a year and a half ago, uh, you know, people's eyes bulged out. Up <laughs> I've been pouring like, oh, you mean us? You mean I'm going to pay? I'm going to pay every mile? Um, so it was quite a shock. And it's, again, a reason that you always got to watch what's happening in the legislature. Because yep. I'm sure in everybody's uh, monthly report to their constituents or bobby's annual report of the session there was probably no mention what had passed that year
1: you're right about it so um I, i'm probably going to end up having to hold you over in uh into the next segment because we we got about two minutes left in this segment so you, you you had to go back and listen to all of that so so that gave you some historical context what yeah. did you guys do next
2: okay what we did primary this was it nobody wanted to touch this issue I, I didn't have a client believe it or not we did not have a client when i started this i just was having been the former chair of transportation could not believe they were moving down this road uh... for multiple reasons uh... that would take too long to articulate the moment uh... but looking you know who, who would want to work on this they say it's fate accompli it's starting next year there's nothing we can do about it all we can do is complain so uh we started to, well we're going to do something about it we ended up getting two or three folks uh... Um, during a truckers association national electrical contractors association Pacific seafood hey you know we'll help see if we can get this thing put the brakes on this thing so this could be reconsidered Um and so we went full bore on this but we were the only lobby firm that was doing it everyone else just figured it was impossible to move um, we started by moving public opinion as you know we talk about what we do um, it's public opinion. So I worked aggressively going back to my old TV days, working with KGW and Pat Doris, and Ken Boddy and Channel 6, the Oregonian, Willamette Week, really raising the specter of what this all meant. Um, making sure that when legislators in the Portland area were having their town halls, that we mobilize people through social media to attend those, uh, fill those rooms, and talk about one thing, tolling, tolling, tolling. And so the heat got so great, uh, which is what we wanted, that people really started getting the concern. They started going to their Senate president and their House leader saying, we got to do something about this.
1: So so let, let's leave it there for the moment. We'll go to break. We'll come back and let's continue that story. We're talking with state senator, retired Rick Metzger, a Democrat, smart, funny, and effective. Part of West Lobby, back in a moment.
0: No, that's not poverty. As they march through town to the riverside They baptize believers in this celebration Start the car, we gotta move Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220 That's 503-589-1220 Let's return now to more of Political Coffee With Jeff Krupp
1: Ten minutes to the top of the hour. Just a moment. We'll go back to our conversation with retired state senator and sports broadcaster Rick Metzger, part of the PacWest Lobby Group. Folks, I want to remind you, if you want to help support this radio show and this radio station, you can do that and make your life a lot better. Sleeping better. Walking around in slippers better? Yeah, I'm talking about my pillow. I have been using their products for years, long before they became advertisers on this radio station and this show. So if you want to support everything we're doing in trying to talk about political issues in a way that allows you to change your world by being persuasive with persuadable people, if you want to help support that, go to MyPillow.com and just use the promo code PEC 23, that's the initials of Political Coffee, the name of the show, PC23, and you get all of these incredible discounts that you will see when you go to MyPillow.com. Support what we're doing and make your life better. Christmas is coming up. I buy a lot of their products as Christmas gifts, and the people I give them to love them, because they get the benefit of them just like the way I do, and you do. MyPillow.com PC23 promo code. All right, back to State Senator Rick Metzger. All right, Senator, so you're working quietly behind the scenes on this tolling issue, not because you have a client that's paying you, because you were chair of transportation. And you went back and listened to all this stuff and you realized that this just wasn't really being supported. So you start working (laughs) with the media and you build this momentum and this pressure and then what happens?
2: Right, exactly right. And like I say, we subsequently got a couple of people to help fund the last few months of that. Is it's the building the pressure, knowing that as legislators, when your constituents, every meeting you go to, they're jamming in and talking about something, you're getting concerned about it. I went and put together a seven-page, you know, paper that was both political and public policy that I gave to everyone. On the chairs of those transportation committees, met with each one, met with the presiding officers. I also, and I made a point, One particular point is that these are scheduled to go into effect in October of '24. Guess what? That's 30 days before your next election. Is yep. that what you wanted? And and that <laughs> that hit home. They, you know, I mean, they were, people were so upset, and they said this can't happen. Uh, I worked with the governor's office on it when the Chair of the, of the Joint Transportation Committee kept refusing to have a hearing on these bills, we I went to each individual member of the committee, um, made the personal case that was applicable to their concerns. Um, eight of the nine members of that committee then signed, and you don't know what these are, uh, a letter to the committee chair demanding a hearing and work session on the bill. Sorry. Yep. and conveniently made sure that Nigel Jaquist of the Willamette Week knew that that <laughs> was circulation. Um,
0: um
2: And what ultimately, and uh, they started beating with uh, the president, uh, the, the representatives, senators did, as did uh, uh, with the speaker. Uh, they started uh, having remonstrances on the floor, like we need to do something about this. Uh, and uh, talking those same issues with the governor's office. And and so what happened was that the best circumstance of all, it didn't even have to pass the bill at the end. Um, I think the governor saw the writing on the wall. She saw that there wasn't gonna be votes to pass the transportation package or the I-5 bridge package unless this issue was addressed. And then she took administrative action to do exactly what we asked for, which was to delay this for a couple of years and give the 25 legislature An opportunity to revise how they're going to approach uh, the tolling, uh, which, by the way, is only starting in the Portland area. Uh, The ODOT plan is to have that as a major funding source throughout the state, which means Salem, Eugene, everywhere else where there'd be a lot of traffic. And so, you know, the thing that happens now, and this is the the part about politics that you understand. So you got the pause, everybody takes a big, you know, breath, but now's when the work has to be done. Um, and, uh, you got to, you know, and so one thing that we're doing is, you know, it's out there looking, you know, are you concerned about actually making a change? You got what you wanted, uh, but it's not going to change if you don't start interjecting right now and providing an alternative funding source for ODOT that doesn't include, uh, strapping you with a toll literally every mile you drive on I-5 and 205. And, uh, it's always hard to motivate people when the tax collector isn't right at your door. Um, uh, but uh, they, So that's the next step is ODOT needs to be engaged right now to start changing where uh, their direction is on funding the, the agency.
1: So what you're saying is, is that people realized as a political strategic move, that it's pretty bad to implement tolling right before an election. Okay, so let's move past that. You guys were successful, you made that argument. Now you're talking about the 25 uh, legislative session and the opportunity for ODOT and everybody to rethink this. Do you, Let me just ask you up front. Do you think tolling survives at all? Or will it be modified I, to where cities and counties get more a piece of the action and, yeah, and which, that kind of which thing? Is an,
2: that, which is an important part of that. Um, um, and I know this is kind of in the weeds for your listeners, but uh, all revenues – um, that are generated in the state by ODOT, gas taxes, weight uh, mile taxes for trucks, uh, your car registration fee, there's a formula uh, where it's split. So ODOT gets 50%, counties get 30%, and cities get 20%. But the way it is in statute, tolling revenue is 100% to ODOT. So if, in fact, tolling became a major revenue source for ODOT, your cities and counties doing the local roads, they wouldn't get any of that money. So there's a lot of people that have a stake in this, and I was actually quite surprised they were not, the cities and counties were not actively lobbying against this in the yeah, legislature. Yeah, me too. me too. They're starting to realize it now, but um, uh, but yes, I, so whether, you answer your question, you know, if there is the momentum that we built during this session to put this pause in, uh, gets reconstituted, And working with the legislature in the next 12 months in preparation for that session, yes, you can totally change whether that tolling mechanism as a funding source for ODOT goes into effect. But if everybody sits by and waits until and nothing happens and no one engages now, um, what ODOT is doing now is they're not rethinking that plan. What they're doing is rebranding that plan. And if you notice that, the they're just rebranding it, uh, hoping that, okay, everybody now is content. They think something's not going to happen, and we're just going to go ahead. So now is the time to engage. So the answer is uh, it can totally change direction if people want to step up and, and start engaging with ODOT right now. Uh, uh, otherwise, it's going to be you know another last-minute battle that may not be won the second
1: time. Friends, uh, we're at the end of our time. I hope you've enjoyed this little bit of insight into how things happen behind the scenes in the legislative process, but also that happens, and this is one of the great things about working with PacWest Lobby. Go to the website, pwlobby.com. They also do this kind of thing in cities, counties, and frankly, with private associations. So again, Your opportunity to change your world is going to come up. Senator Metzger just laid it out there. We can't wait. Senator, thanks for joining us. And when you you, have opportunities for our audience to get engaged, we'd love to have you join us at a political coffee plat next Tuesday night, but also come back on the show and we'll talk. Always happy to do so. Friends, see you tomorrow. It's Freedom Friday where you can call and talk about the human.
2: So